pray together. Tell your neighbor right now, his name is excellent. Come on, do that right now. His name is excellent. Yeah, he's worthy. He's worthy. Come on, let's pray together. Father, we bless you and thank you again. And we join in with the angels and all of creation. Your name is excellent. And we also look forward to that day when every knee shall bow and every tongue confess <laughs> that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, we invite you to have your way in this place. Move, minister, touch, deliver, restore, save God that you might be glorified. We love you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord. He's good. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. Good morning to everyone. Let me try that again. Good morning. Y'all cold? <laughs> I said, no, we ain't cold. All right, I like that. Amen. The Lord is good even on this cold Sunday morning. We're going to be all right. And we bless him. We are already in November. Isn't that all right? Can we bless our praise team one more time, y'all, for that? Amen. For leading us. Amen. Amen. I also want to thank our online community for your faithfulness to this ministry and sharing with us. We have had a few glitches. And trust me, our best people are working behind the scenes every Sunday to make sure it's right. We're going to get it right. But thank you for your patience. And thank you uh, that you have been a part of this ministry. Can we celebrate our media and tech team, y'all? Just give them a hand clap of praise for all the hoops they got to jump through. Because <laughs> how many of y'all know technology know how to act up? Amen. <laughs> get sick and tired of technology sometimes. Siri be talking. I ain't asked you anything. Shut up. <laughs> calling my name. I didn't ask you for anything and Siri will just show up sometimes. So that, that's kind of where we are and we surely uh, praise God for all that he says and all that he is doing. Check your social media pages and check us online for all of our announcements and things like that. Uh, we are transitioning now into a new series. Uh, kind of want to finish up the year. Our focus has been on giving God our best and God is worthy of our best at all times. Amen? Amen. And particularly coming through the pandemic, you know, that can just throw a lot of us off. And even in a pandemic, he's worthy of all the praise. Amen? In spite of all the chaos and the challenges we may go through, God is worthy of our best. And so I want to kind of bring this, this, this year kind of in a sense to a close here in November and, and finish this out giving ourselves to God. Giving ourselves to God. That's, that's what I want to close this series out and what does that look like in terms of giving ourselves in 2022 and 2023 and so there's a couple of scriptures I want to look at today and share with us uh, to help us navigate this uh, the first one is our meditation text it's found in Galatians 10 I'm sorry Galatians 6 verse 10 excuse me uh, and here's what it says therefore whenever we have the opportunity we should do good to everyone especially to those in the family of faith. Amen. In other words, when folk act a fool, you still ought to be good. Is that all right? <laughs> That's tough. Tell your neighbor, y'all didn't, didn't, didn't say amen on that. Like, I don't know, Pastor, about that one. Amen. But that's what he's saying. We ought to always seek to do good. And then our main text, and read all of chapter 10. I'm focusing on one verse really today. Uh, the whole context is all of chapter 10. But here's what Jesus says to his disciples. Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. 
So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves or be wise as snakes. Yes, a snake can be wise. Amen. And innocent or harmless as doves. And I want to talk about sheeps and wolves. Sheep and wolves. Our text really raises a question this morning. What what does it mean to give ourselves to God in a stress-filled, irritating, and sometimes unforgiving world? I know many of us here today, this morning, there are many things that are competing for your attention, competing for your devotion. And at the same time, there's so much that is coming at you. And the question becomes, how, how do I navigate my faith in a world that is coming at me so often? How do I express my faith in a world that is becoming more like a jungle rather than a haven for humanity? How do we do that? And can we agree that our world is everything but a rose garden today? Amen. That's the kind of world we are living in today. And as I thought about this series, I could not help but think of the words of Denzel Washington's character in the movie Training Day. Denzel plays this highly decorated officer by the name of Alonzo Harris. And and Harris is assigned to train this young and upcoming narcotics officer uh, by the name of uh, Hoyt. And, And while he's taking him through the training, Hoyt discovers that The criminals are not just the ones in the street, but the criminals are sometimes dressed in blue. And and Harris, he's trying to justify this thing. He he thinks he hasn't done anything wrong. And and so during in the training session, he tells Hoyt these words, which I think sometimes the world lays at the feet of people of faith. And that is you are either a sheep or you are a wolf. And I wish I could say it like Denzel. Denzel, you know, he has a way of saying things. You either are sheep <laughs> or you are wolf. <laughs> you know, he has a way of saying it. But, but by that, what he's saying is, y'all, we live in a wolf-eat-wolf world. And, and there's no place for sheep. It is a world in which sheep are devoured. It is a world in which the innocent are taken advantage of. It is a a world in which if you try to be nice to people, you're going to finish last. Uh, In a word, word, we we live in a world that that has evolved into a survival of the fittest of a kind of reality that pushes on all of us to have what I would call some wolf instinct. And, And I think the question is appropriate. Are you either a wolf or are you a sheep? And, and, and I would admit that I'm kind of pushing the image a little bit, uh, but the truth is that some of us here today, the only reason why you are where you are, in some sense, you had to pull out some wolf instinct. <laughs> oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. Some of you, some of you, there's some family members, when you see them coming, uh, you can't be a sheep with them. <laughs> uh, you've got to use some wolf instinct. Uh, Some of us, we've had a few bad relationships where we were sheepish in how we related with individuals, but now we use the wolf instinct. (laughs) Mama didn't raise no fool. We we know how to handle those relationships. In light of the gun violence and the uptick and what we see in terms of uh, this aggressive uh, culture, uh, some of us have 
have resorted to a wolf instinct and, and therefore uh, we are prepared if somebody tries to come our way. Somebody breaks in our house on a Saturday night, we got a Saturday night special waiting on them. Uh, 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 ALTC is no longer loving tender care, but it does mean license to carry right now. And, and, and mama didn't raise no food because we live in a dog-eat-dog world, a wolf-eat-wolf world in which it requires for us to have some wolf instinct. I, I know you in love, I know you're married, but, but if you got some sense, you better have you a secret backup bank account. Wolf instinct, wolf instinct, that's all I'm saying, some wolf instinct. And, and we live in a world, don't, don't admit you're wrong. Don't, don't back up off of what you said. Even if what you claim to be true is a lie, double down on it. It's a world that doesn't forgive. It's a world that doesn't apologize because forgiveness is now weakness. Apology somehow is being too vulnerable and people can take advantage of you. We live in a wolf eat wolf world. That's all I'm trying to say this morning. And the question is, how do we handle this culture? And even in our text this morning, Jesus has the audacity to tell us, I'm sending you out to be sheep in the midst of wolves. And I know some of us, if you're like me, I'm asking the question, wait a minute, Lord, do you know the kind of wolves I got to deal with on a daily basis? Do you know the kind of world that I live in? Do you understand the challenges I have to live in? And I know some of us, we, we're saying, look, I'm not a doormat. You can't just walk over me. Just get it out your system. Look, I'm not that kind of person. No, no, I need to know, Lord, what exactly are you asking me to be? Because we live in this, this really tough world, which we're challenged to be either a wolf or a sheep. And so what I want to do this morning very quickly, I want to share just four principles that I think can help us navigate that as people of faith to help us understand what it truly means to be Christian in this kind of world. Doesn't mean that we ought to let people take advantage of. Doesn't mean that we ought to lay down uh, because somehow that's what Christian are supposed, Christians are supposed to do. How do we express our faith in a world like this? Number one, we got to remember the purpose of the journey. As we navigate this wolf-sheep divide, we, we must remember the purpose of the journey. To understand verse 16, you got to go back to verse 1 of chapter 10 where Jesus summons his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits. And this is the first sending out that Jesus does. It is, it is a word about the gospel. It's a word about the kingdom. And, and many people see Matthew chapter 10 as a template. It's, it's, a, it's a preview of Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 through 20, where Jesus will say, go into all the world and make disciples. It's a word of how God will, in the book of Acts, begin to spread the gospel throughout the world. And it's a word about the church's responsibility to be representatives for Christ, that we stand, as Paul says, his ambassadors. We are divine diplomats sent to navigate heaven and earth to make a difference in this world. And in a word, it's, it's a call, it's a reminder to all of us that the purpose of the journey is about the gospel. It's about people. And that when God calls us to be sheep, he doesn't call us to be weak. He calls us to be trustworthy. He, he calls us to be people of character. He calls us to be individuals of decency. 
He doesn't call us to be perfect. He doesn't call us to have all of our religious I's dotted and religious T's crossed. No, he calls us simply to be trustworthy. In a word, can we be trusted? That's, that's the word. That's the purpose of the journey. He, he wants us to carry the gospel. But when we carry the gospel, make sure the ones that carry it are trustworthy. Because the gospel is trustworthy all by itself. It's kind of like when I, when I was working in the business world before I was called into the ministry. I, I used to work for a company called McNeil Consumer Products and we would sell Tylenol. That's what I did for a living. And, and, and I would sell Tylenol. And whenever I went into a buyer, I kid you not, 10 times out of 10, the first thing out of their mouth, listen, we trust Tylenol. We trust the product. We trust its efficacy. We trust the quality. Matter of fact, it's a product that is, prof that is profitable for retailers. But then the next question is the one that always throws me. It's not the product that we sometimes have an issue with, the buyer says, but sometimes it's the people behind the product and how they move the product that we have an issue. Can I trust you as a salesperson? Can I trust the company that backs the product? Can I trust the one peddling the product? And that's the kind of world we're living in today, church. We're living in a world in which, listen, they, they really don't have an issue with the product, Jesus Christ. That they really don't have an issue with the one that we're peddling, that Christ is the answer to the world. The question is, they have issues sometimes with the church that is actually peddling the product, Christ. That listen, if the one who is carrying Christ, there ought to be some trustworthiness with him. We got to make sure we're trustworthy. Worthy. So in a word, I believe the high calling of the church is simply to be trustworthy, to have some character. One, one person said, well, he said it like this, be yourself because everyone else is already taken. In a word, be, in a, in a word to be trustworthy, just be yourself. Just be who you are. Don't try to be more than what you are. Don't try to be less than what you are. Be yourself when God has been good to you. Be yourself when God brings you through a difficult situation. Be yourself when God answers your prayer and makes a way out of no way. Be yourself when God shares through you the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. But even when life doesn't go well, you still got to be yourself. Be yourself if somehow the situation shows your flaws and that you don't always have it together. Be yourself when sometimes you're not sure what God is doing in your life. Don't try to spiritualize it and act like somehow you got it together. Sometimes we just miss it as the people of God. But in those moments, you got to be yourself. Be yourself at all times. And that's what we got to remember. Remember the purpose of the journey. It's about people. And people need to know that the church and Christians are trustworthy. Whatever you do, be yourself and because everybody else is already taken. And I believe when we ourselves, that's when true trustworthiness is seen in Christians. Number two, it's the personality of the sheep we've got to remember. And I say that because many times there's a, there's a way the world wants to define the personality of the sheep, but that we've got to go by what Jesus says and how he defines the sheep. And so he says here, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves, but I need you to be as wise as snakes and I need you to be as innocent as doves. And why is this important? Because many times I think most Christians, and I would argue even most non-Christians, have this idea that 
Christians ought to be feeble. Christians ought to be timid. Christians ought to be doormats. Christians ought to be taken advantage of. To be Christian means I got to forgive when there's nothing to forgive. To be Christian means I got to be loving even when this person has walked on me 10, 15, and 20 times. That somehow I can't draw the line as to how you treat me and how we build this relationship. Uh, to be Christian sometimes have given people the impression that somehow that, that we're just supposed to take everything. And Jesus said, look, I did call you to be sheep, but I called you to be a certain kind of sheep. Look what he says. He says, you got to be the kind of sheep, not that's just gullible and vulnerable and let folk treat you any kind of way. No, I need you to be a sheep that's as wise as snakes, but then as harmless as doves. Here it is. So what does it mean? It means we got to learn how to balance the tenderness of a dove with the toughness of a snake. There are times in our lives when God will move in such a way where we've got to be tender. But sometimes we come across some individuals, listen, that's not the time to be tender. That's the time we got to be a little bit tougher. We, we got to learn to balance uh, God's tenderness, this tender side, with a tough side. It's no different with how God deals with us. God deals with us in grace and in truth. But there are times that God is tender with us. But sometimes there are times when God has to be a little tough with us. See, some of us, when we got saved, when we got saved, we, we were... We were not just 100% snake. We were gangster snake. Yeah, I wasn't just a snake. You, you, you were gangster. I mean, all the way shown up, redefined snake. Amen. And, and God saved you and you left all your snake. And you became 100% dove and gullible and vulnerable. And God is saying, no, you, you don't need to be gangster snake, but you need to keep a little bit of snake in your tank. Some of you, some of you, some of you, some of you, you were a dove. You were a dove before you got saved, and, and you, you, the faith allowed you to accentuate your doveness. And you just dove, you just dove, you just like the little dove. You just happy all the time, no trouble. And, 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 and folk keep betraying you, folk keep dogging you, folk keep breaking your heart. You be kind to folk, folk keep misusing you and mistreating you. And you go to God and start praying, why are folk taking advantage of me and dogging me? Because God is saying, I did call you to be dove, but you need a little bit of snake in your personality. You can't just let folk just walk over you all the time. Ah, so what does this mean? What does this mean? A couple of things. Number one, we got to be tender with people that just don't know, but tough with the people that know better. Preach, Archie. Ah, tender with people that just don't know. But now you got to be tough with the people that ought to know better. And so, you make an appointment, and y'all agree on a certain time, and they don't show up. They don't send you a text. They don't send you an email. They don't even say no. They act like it didn't happen. Okay, um, what you do, you, you're tender, but you're tender with a footnote of toughness. Okay, now, um, this is how I roll. Uh, if you're going to miss an appointment, you got to let me know. You got to give me adequate time. You, you, you got to give me some lead time. Um, when you, when you, if you know you got to make an appointment, at least send a text or something. At least send something. Let, let me know 
But now don't think that somehow this is the way things work. And I say this because a lot of times people confuse irresponsibility with forgiveness. God calls me to forgive you when you do me wrong. But now when you're sorry and irresponsible, preach, Audrey. You need a little toughness. And many times we confuse those two. And in times when God is simply saying, no, you got to draw the line. Listen, we're trying to be tender. And God says, no, you got to exercise a little bit of toughness and say, look, this is how normal people roll. So you got to balance tenderness with toughness. You got to be tender with people who just don't know. Tough with people who ought to know better. Amen. Amen. Tender with people that make a mistake, but tough with people that make excuses. Y'all not, y'all not hearing me today. Here it is. Tender with people who are broken, but tough with people who are bitter. Because sometimes when people are broken, they'll come and cry and complain and say, look, I messed up and I'm just broken and that's how my mama read. Okay, okay, you're broken. But now when you start treating me the way the folk treated you in your past, now you've moved from brokenness to bitterness. And I can be tender with you in your brokenness, but now in your bitterness, I got to draw the line. See, I've been passing for a long time now, for a while, and, and I didn't understand why folk would be mad at me for no reason. I'm like, I ain't do anything to you. I ain't, I ain't said anything. Then it dawned on me, oh, okay, I remind you of the previous pastor that broke your heart. So I learned to say, look, I'm not the one that broke your heart. You need to go back to the pastor that broke your heart, get that right, and then we can have a relationship. Because some of y'all dealing with some fat. No, that was your daddy's daddy that did that. I didn't do that to you. No, that was your ex-boo that did that to you. This is a new boo that's in your relationship. You need to go straighten that out with them before you learn how to deal with me. Here it is. Be tender with people who slip. But you need to be tough with people who are slick. Okay, okay, okay. Every now and then, like most folk, can we agree, we all slip. If you confess your slips, he's faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you of all slipping. Tell your neighbor, that was an archery translation right there. But now when you make slipping a way of life, now you're sliding in the slicking. Y'all don't hear me today. I can be tender when you slipping, but now when you didn't move into slickness, I got to draw some lines. Oh. So here it is. Here it is. As people of faith, you got to learn to balance your tenderness with toughness. And we struggle with this. I'm serious. To be a Christian don't mean you're always passive. And some of us need to get this. I, I know this is for a lot of us right here. Be a Christian. I'm just supposed to take it. No. Jesus was the only one who took it. Let's be clear on that. I ain't dying for you. Jesus died for all of us. All right? I'm not taking a nail for you. Amen. And we got to learn how to balance that. Tenderness with toughness. Third, when I'm running, we got to be aware of the presence of wolves. Here's my word. Don't be surprised when you encounter a wolf in your life. He says, I send you as sheep. I'm in the midst of wolves, not parakeets, not parrots, not house trained dogs. I sent you in the midst of wolves. 
and, and, and you've got to be careful in the midst of wolves. And, and really to get the sense of this text, you've got to compare Matthew 10, 16 with Luke 10 and 3. In Luke 10 and 3, which is a parallel passage, uh, he, he uses a similar language, except he doesn't say sheep. He says, I send, you in the, I send you as lambs in the midst of wolves. So Matthew's version says, I send you as sheep in the midst of wolves. Luke's version says, I send you as lambs in the midst of wolves. Matthew says, I send you as adult sheep in the midst of wolves. Luke said, no, I send you as little baby children in the midst of wolves. What's the point? A wolf don't care if you're a child or an adult. It'll dog you no matter what. So what is, what is Jesus saying? Don't be surprised when a wolf shows up in your life. They don't care whether you're grown or a child. There are some people out there who are just downright low-down wolves. Preach today. Maya Angelou tried to tell us, believe them the first time they show you. Jeremiah 17 and 9 tried to tell us, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? You don't know what a person will do under certain circumstances. Do not assume that everybody you come across is a sheep. Well, pastor, I, I just believe that at the core of every individual, there's just a little bit of human decency. And, and if we just give it a little bit of time, everything will just work out. Okay, that may work for you for a season, but how many of y'all know some folk just straight low down unless the Lord makes a change in their life. Ain't no sense in me trying to work through what God himself ain't trying, can't even work through. Oh, don't be surprised when you come across some wolves. They're everywhere. They're in the world. They're on your job. They're in your family. They're at the soccer game. Some of us living with some. They're in the church. Y'all don't hear me. Don't be surprised. Jesus tells you right here, you're going to come across some. And so here he says, be as wise, be wise as serpents or a snake. And, and I think there's a few things we can take from the wisdom of a snake. And here he's not talking about the cunning or the devious sense that we kind of attach to snakes, being manipulative. And that's kind of the dominant symbol we think of snakes here. But here he's talking about the shrewdness, the cunning the, the intellectual snake. So there are three things I want to share about a snake. Number one, snakes are usually cautious. They're usually cautious. Um, they're not impulsive. They, they don't jump based on emotion. They, they're, they're usually, they leap, they don't leap before they think. They're cautious and they're checking out the lay of the land. They, they, they just want to see how things are. Watch this. They don't jump at the first job offer. It may be a great number, but they'll say, let me think about it. Let, let me get back to you. They, they, don't go, they don't go by the first car price. No, they, 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 they're not that gullible. They say, wait a minute. Now, I know there's some wiggle and some haggle room. I like what you got on the showroom floor, but I'm not going to be impulsive about this. I'm going to be a little bit cautious by how I jump in this. Also, too, they're observant. Snakes are always watching. Got their eyes. So that sound like you're talking about people. No, I'm talking about snakes. I mean, it could be men or women, but snakes. They're observant. If you've ever walked in the woods or if you've ever walked 
uh, in a wooded area and, and you're walking and you spot a snake. Has anybody ever spot a snake like just walking? The I have, I have. And if you spot a snake, 10 times out of 10, he already looking at you. He already looking at you. He looking at you, he's saying, yeah, look at that fool. He don't even see me coming. And then as soon as you see him, yeah, I'm right here. That's me. That's me. I'm, I'm right here. I'm right here. Just keep on moving. Just keep on moving. They're always watching. They don't assume that everything is fine. And, and for many of us, we can save ourselves a lot of headaches if we're a little bit more observant, a little bit more wary, a little bit more careful watching and not assuming that everything are the way they are. And then the third one is intellect. They're, they're sharp. They're, they're smart. They do their homework. They do their research. And so even now in Genesis chapter 3, when the serpent came to attack uh, Adam and Eve, y'all, it was the right opportunity. He didn't do it too early. He didn't do it too late. But he waited for the right opportunity. They had a relationship with God, but he waited where God was not around. He, he had done his research. He, he had investigated and he waited for the right opportunity. We got to be smart about these things when we're dealing with a wolf. Well, let me wrap this thing up. Number one, purpose of the journey. Number two, make sure you understand the personality of sheep. And then number three, here it is. We said be aware of the presence of wolves. And then my last point is right here. Number four, don't forget the promise of the Lord. Oh, yeah, this is, this is, he says, I send you as sheep amongst wolves. That word sin has the idea of God going with us because down in verse 19, he'll say, listen, when you stand before those, uh, when you stand before the, the rulers and you stand before those uh, who will persecute you, he says, don't worry because the, the spirit of my father will be with you and he'll tell you what you need to hear in that moment. And if you go back to verse 1, when he uses the word summons, the, the word there that he's using is the, is the, is the Greek word parakaleo, in which we get paraclete. And it speaks of someone that sends us somewhere, but he goes with us. In other words, when God ever sends us some, somewhere, he never sends us by ourselves. So here's the idea. When you come to your last straw, when you can't handle it anymore and you don't know what else to do, God knows how to show up when you have nothing else to give. God knows how to give you the words, what you need to say in the moment when you've come to your last word. What am I trying to say? Here it is. I'm simply saying whatever you do, when you come to the end of your rope, learn to put it in God's hand. Learn to trust God with it. Learn to trust God with the difficulty or difficult people. Always put it in God's hands. And so it's kind of like that little boy, that little boy, he was with his mother and, and he went into one of these small kind of uh, grocery marts, a little kind of 7-Eleven grocery mart. And, and he was standing there with his mother and the guy behind the counter, the owner, he was so impressed with the kid. He told the kid, he says, look, why don't you just go ahead and put your hand in this candy jar and get as much candy as you want? He was so impressed with the little boy, and the little boy wouldn't do it. No, I'm not going to do it. And, and, the, and the owner was kind of, he was kind of surprised. I'm, I'm letting you get free candy. You're not stealing it. Go ahead, stick your hand in the jar, get as much as you want. No, I don't want to do it. And the mother said, why, why do you want to do it? Don't want to do it. I want him to do it. I don't want to do it. So the owner said, okay, I'll, I'll do it. And so he grabbed it. Handful of candy, gave it to a little boy. Little boy ran outside. 
And he was just as giddy as any little kid. Got in the car with his mother. Asked his mother, mother asked him the question, his son, why didn't you just go ahead and grab the candy for yourself? He said, mama, his hands are bigger than mine. And that's all I'm trying to say. When you're dealing with people who are difficult, you're dealing with challenges in your life, don't forget whose hands are bigger than yours. God can handle your haters. God can handle the enemies. God can handle the challenges on your job. God can handle those family members that are difficult. God can handle the inflation and the economy. God can handle the politicians and all the chaos. Whatever you do, when you come across someone who is difficult or a difficult situation, make sure you put it in the hands of the one with the bigger hands. Is there anybody know that God can handle your situation? Won't he handle it? Won't he keep you? Won't he bless you? Yes, he will. Put it in his hands. And God will handle it. He'll handle the wolves and the difficult people that may come into your life. Let's pray. Father, we bless you and thank you again for your word. We thank you for this time of sharing, Lord, as we come and as we go deeper into this world, Lord, of this, this year and particularly in this world, it's become evident, Lord, that it's a wolf-eat-wolf world. And many times we're trying to figure out how to navigate these places. And, and what does our faith mean in a place like that? We need you, Lord. We need you to lead us and how to balance tenderness with toughness. Sometimes, Lord, maybe we've been too tough when we should have been tender. We need you, Lord, to lead us and how to make sure that we have the right balance. Sometimes, Lord, we've been too tender when we should have been tough. And so, God, we need you. We need you to, to lead us, Lord, how to handle that. But then sometimes, Lord, we've come up against a wall. We can't go any further. And we need you to lead us to put them into your hands. Trust you with what you shall do. Bless us now as we come with the Lord's Supper, Lord. And we'll surely give you the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, put your hands together and give the Lord a hand clap of praise today.